This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, off the top in this hour, uh, as mentioned, I want to talk about um, the, the uncertainty suddenly surrounding uh, Justin Trudeau's plans for electoral reform, something promised during the election last year, uh, that now maybe suddenly he's got some, some cold feet on. I'm, I'm sure our next guest might have a thought or two on what's going on with the Canada-Europe uh, free trade deal. Uh, Andrew Coyne, a columnist for the National Post, joins us uh, here today. Andrew, great to talk to you. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Uh, first of all, your thoughts. I, I'm sure you're probably following the story today and that the uh, trade talks uh, have collapsed. Uh, the Conservatives suggesting that, look, you know, the Liberals just had to carry the ball across the finish line here and they dropped it. Uh, the Liberals saying that they inherited a problematic uh, trade deal. What's your sense of where we're at? Well, I don't think the problem so much is with the trade deal as it is with the, the structure of European decision-making. When you have to get every country to sign on, and when some of those countries, in, in Belgium in particular, uh, the national government can't even speak for the nation, but it has to be done at the subnational level, you're setting up a recipe for obstructionism, and particularly in this day and age, we're almost, it seems like, in an age of obstruction. Um, so that's, I think, the, the root of this. Um, but also, you know, trade deals and, and quote-unquote globalization is uh, in trouble right now. There's a lot of uh, people are using their points of leverage, uh, people who are opposed to it, and they're really uh, taking the fight to those of us who believe in free trade. And I think the free traders have to start fighting back. Well, it certainly looks that way. I mean, it's it's some small consolation here, I suppose, when you look at what's happening in Europe and certainly what we're hearing south of the border as well, that, that this is the mainstream consensus, that certainly with the Conservatives and Liberals both, for all intents and purposes, supporting uh, international trade. That, that, I mean, that's a positive. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that is a positive for our country in particular, yes, that we don't seem to have had quite the same... Uh, backlash uh, as some other countries. But, you know, we had our big fight back in 1988 uh, when we had the free trade election over whether we we're going to have free trade with the United States, which is 80% of our trade. So that was a big knockdown, drag out fight. And we kind of made our, our decision as a country, if you will. We cast our lot with the international trading system. Uh, so that is a point of enduring strength for us. And also, of course, we haven't gone through some of the same economic dislocation that some other countries have where they really start to call into question a lot of things, uh, rightly or wrongly, I think mostly wrongly. Um, so, yeah, that's the climate. And then you add into this the the, uh, the difficulties that Europe is going through in making decisions about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to, to really, uh, you know, unless I hear more, I, I, I can't see how I can necessarily blame the current government for this, this breakdown. And bear in mind, you know, these are negotiations. And sometimes people make uh, extravagant uh, threats or they stage walkouts, et cetera. I don't necessarily think this is the end of things, but we shall see. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to the question of electoral reform. Uh, the Calgary Herald has your piece today uh, about whether the Liberals are getting cold feet. Now, I- I'm not necessarily convinced we need to change our system. Maybe you can convince me of that. But certainly I don't want to see governments just uh, up and walk away from, from their promises. So what do we make of what we've been hearing from the prime minister as of late? It's hard to know. Um, uh, if you look at what he said on the surface, there's nothing uh, terribly objectionable about it. I mean, what did he say? Well, he said the larger the, the, the change you're going to make, the bigger the support you have to have. Well, that's pretty basic, you know, democratic principle. And he said, what? He said people, you know, there isn't as much clamor for reform now that the Harper government is gone. People seem to be more satisfied with the current government. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't deny that's probably true. You know, so a lot of the stuff is not necessarily objectionable at space, but people in politics don't just say things for no reason. And I don't think it's necessarily... 
uh, off base to think he's trying to signal something. Now, whether what he's signaling is that he's going to junk the whole thing or he's trying to sort of massage expectations and, and sort of box people into their negotiating positions, I don't know. Uh, this is a, you know, we, we've, it's never been exactly clear what the government wants out of this. We know that Justin Trudeau, for example, has said in the past that he favors ranked ballots rather than full proportional representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe his views have changed. We don't know. But you've got several players and several moving parts here. You've got the, not only the liberals, but the uh, conservatives, the NDP, the Bloc, and the Greens, all of whom represented on that parliamentary committee looking at this. Um, you've also got several different possible options, ranging from the status quo through ranked ballots through proportional representation. And you have this other wild card of should we have a referendum uh, on deciding it. And all these things, I think, go in together into sort of a big negotiating game of how radical, if, if any change, do we implement? What process do we do we go by? And whose option gets chosen? And it's not inconceivable that what Trudeau is trying to do here is kind of position his pieces on the board for this big negotiation to come. Is, is it possible then that in the campaign last year when they were making this promise, they had no idea what system they might favor or how they would go about implementing it? And maybe now a year later, they still don't. That's entirely possible, and we've seen this with this government. They're much given to making the grand gesture, the sort of throwing their cap over the wall, if you will, and then figuring out how to get it back later. Um, and and that's entirely possible. I, I think mostly they put the promise in. Uh, I mean, there are people within the Liberal Party who are genuinely convinced uh, Democratic reformers, Stéphane Dion, for example, or Joyce Murray, who ran for leader on a platform of proportional representation. Uh, but I think the people around Trudeau in particular, this was a way of, you know, pulling in NDP voters, signaling that they were a progressive party of the left, et cetera, et cetera. And the details, uh, they were kind of left to figure out later. And I wouldn't doubt at all that there's probably some of the more hardened political operatives around Trudeau would prefer this whole thing went away and they just kept the system that got them in. Um, but there are also, you know, they also have constraints around this. This is a government very much invested in the idea that they're a different kind of government, that they're more idealistic, that they're less, you know, strictly partisan. And they benefit a great deal from public approval for that reason. And if they seem to be too calculating on this, if they break a very bold black-letter pledge on this, that, that, that 2015 would be the last election under first-past post, they'll pay a price for that. It might be a price worth paying, but they'll pay a price for that. Or if they try to ram through their own preferred system that is seen to be too favorable to them without a broader consensus, I think they'll pay a price for that, too, not only in public approval, but, you know, opposition parties, um, you know, governments in our system have a lot of power within our parliamentary system. But opposition parties, when their backs are really to the wall, if they think, you know, it's worth it to them, they can cause a lot of trouble uh, for governments. They can really gum up the works. So I think uh, they've got to be mindful of that. They can't simply uh, uh, be my way or the highway in this. They have to work with the other parties. And I think that gives the other parties, if they play their cards properly, gives them some uh, some leverage. Well, doesn't a, a referendum give them kind of an out here? Because uh, they don't have to, to hitch themselves to any one particular idea. And, uh, it you know, it's certainly a, a grand gesture that, look, we're going to put this directly to Canadians, give Canadians a, a direct say. Do you think that in these circumstances that becomes more likely? I think it certainly is an option, and the Conservatives have certainly been pushing very hard on that. And, uh, uh, you know, I think the public in general will probably be receptive to, the, to that idea. Um, I'm not opposed to it either. I think it matters how you do the referendum. 
people sort of talk about, well, let's have a referendum, and they think that solves all the sort of democratic dilemmas around this issue. But you can game a referendum just as easily as you can game anything else. So you have to start asking the question, you know, what options would be would be on the ballot in a referendum? What would be the decision-making mechanism? Would it would it just be, a, again, would it be a simple uh, first-past-the-post type of vote, or would you rank your options? Uh, would you require, what kind of majority would you require? Would you require regional majorities? There's a lot of uh, questions that still have to be asked about that. And one of them for me is, do you necessarily have to have the referendum before you implement a system, or can you have it afterwards? And the reason I raise that possibility is, I mean, one of the dilemmas with this kind of vote is, you're essentially voting between a known, the system we've had, and what could easily be portrayed as simply a, a leap into the dark, some unknown system. I mean, even if it's the system that's in place in most democratic countries around the world. So there's an argument to be made for saying, well, let's compare a known and a known. Let's, let's have some experience with the new system first and then compare, you know, do we want to stick with that system or do we want to go back to the system we had before? I think you can at least make that argument. Mm -hmm. But I think what's very interesting to me, is, as I say, is the, the kind of game theory around this. So look at the different positions that the different parties are in. If you're the New Democrats or the Greens, you're very heavily invested for both idealistic and crass partisan reasons. Uh, in proportional representation. I mean, it's not coincidental that you'll do better as a party under that system. You're not so keen on uh, ranked ballots, but if Trudeau signals to you, look, you can have ranked ballots without a referendum, but if we go, if you want proportional representation, we have to go to a referendum, then you've got to kind of consider your options. But similarly, if you're the conservatives, you'd probably prefer just to stick with first past the post. Right? That's probably, your, if you're in a, in a crafty partisan sense, probably your best system. Uh, but but if the other parties do a deal without you, you might get stuck with something you really don't like, either for either ranked out or proportional representation. So is there some room for the conservatives to do a deal with one of the other parties? Uh, and maybe the deal that you do is you'll accept uh, uh, putting a, a vote on proportional representation as long as it goes to a referendum. So a deal between the opposition parties of uh, proportional representation in exchange for, okay, we will agree to, to put this to a referendum, that might be one of the things that comes out of it. So you can start to see that everybody's got pieces on the board and everybody's got to kind of consider their uh, strengths and weaknesses in the bargaining to come. Is there a system that you prefer, by the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a very strong case that, that, um, that we need to move to a system where, where we're not just representing one party in each riding, but where, where we can disperse some of that representation. So it's not just you know, if you get you know 30 percent of the vote in the riding, you get all of the, of the representation in that riding. If you have multi-member riding, which is the essence of proportional representation, then you can get a, a parliament that has a, a broader diversity, a, a proper representation of the diversity of viewpoints that are in the country. There's different models of proportional representation, and I'm not necessarily wedded to any of them, but I certainly start from the standpoint that I think the model that got 58 percent support in the first referendum in British Columbia, the, the single transferable vote. I think that one, to me, is, is the best and most elegant way of squaring the circle between representation, um, you know, proportional representation, and making sure we have strong local representation, which uh, in this country in particular, no one ever wants to give up. And it, people should be very clear on this. Nobody is going to bring forward any model of proportional representation that does not maintain very strong local representation. That it would never fly in this country, and it's never going to be proposed. All right. Well, I guess we await further clarity from the Prime Minister. Uh, in the meantime, more uh, in the Calgary Herald today and, of course, right across uh, the Post Media uh, chain. Andrew, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim.
Thanks so much. Nice talking to you. Likewise, Andrew Coyne, columnist for the National Post and Post Media. Uh, so his piece today, you can read it at calgaryherald.com and elsewhere as mentioned. Uh, but wondering if Trudeau's trying to pull a fast one on electoral reform. Did he ever have an idea, Trudeau that is, what he wanted to implement instead of the status quo? Or was it just something to promise in the last election? Now, someone texts here to say, well, I have a huge objection to Trudeau's excuse that he looked electoral reform was the only way to get the conservatives up, to have the necessary power to reform the system. They had to get elected. What he's saying now is that they don't have to reform it anymore because they got elected. So basically, by their new logic, they campaign on a situation that would never and could never come to pass. It's not just a broken promise, but a flat out lie. Uh, Well, yeah, it's hard to know what he means by it because he did say it. If he's simply saying that maybe the people who were so enthusiastic about electoral reform are less so now because we got rid of Stephen Harper. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's a commentary on them. But for Justin Trudeau to say it, to to make it sound as though he thinks that was part of the the mission all along, then uh, then yeah, it, it does come across as rather disingenuous. But Andrew Coyne makes some interesting points. Even if we're going to have a referendum, how do we do it? We're going to do a referendum on should we change the electoral system, yes or no. Then we're kind of right back to where we started from. Even if the answer is, okay, sure, change it. But then change it to what? That's where we're at right now. If we do it that, okay, do you want the status quo? Do you want single transferable ballot? Do you want proportional representation? Or do you want some other system? And it comes back 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. Then where are we? But what about Andrew's point that, well, okay, but why does a referendum have to be before? Let's say we go to a single transferable vote or proportional representation. And then we come back with a referendum. It's like now that you've had a chance to experience both systems, which do you prefer, this new one or the previous one? All right, 403-974-8255, where you're at on this issue. And whether you'd care if Justin Trudeau broke his promise on this. Uh, we'll come back your calls, your texts right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.